0: Part of me was just like, your integrity is shot to hell for me right now. Like you're not someone I'd want to be with. If you're going to tell me that you're, you love me and be like, you're my best friend and you're not only my best friend, but you're my future wifey and then dump me the next day, that's not not on for me.
1: Welcome to this In Conversation episode of Shameless with the lovely Bella Varellas. Whether you're a fan of the Bachelor franchise or not, you will likely know Bella's name after the Bachelor finale aired last Thursday and after Lockie told Bella and this season's winner Idrina that he loved them both. In this chat, we ask Bella about it all. From what compelled her to apply for The Bachelor to the friendships she made and lost on the show and the relentless online abuse she's been receiving these past few months. We spoke to Bella just a few days after The Bachelor finale aired and truly admired how articulate, kind and positive she was despite the absolute whirlwind 2020 has been for her. Here's Bella.
2: Bella Varellis, welcome to Shameless in Conversation. How does it feel for the Daily Mail to sometimes call you Bella Valeris and then Bella Varellis at the next headline? Honestly,
0: you've got to mix it up. You have to keep it interesting, you know. I'm just um, <laughs> apparently I'm multifaceted, so <laughs> I think. Um, thanks for having me, especially this morning. It's so lovely having to be able to speak to you guys and. Your comment on my post made me laugh for like an hour. So I was like, I need to find I need to find these ladies and I need to talk to them. So thanks for having
1: me. We are so stoked to be here. It is we are recording this about three or four days after the finale has aired. And the first question we ask everybody is the same. And it is what are you reading, watching, or listening to at the moment that you might recommend to somebody else?
0: Ah, okay. So I was actually reading a book up until probably about a week ago. And then I just started reading something else, which is probably a little bit more appropriate. I was reading The New Twilight.
2: (laughs) Oh, wait, no, before we we go past that, I need to know. Is it good? Is it
0: bad? It's it's interesting because it's pretty much from Edward's perspective. So it's the first book, but from his perspective. So you kind of reading all the reasons behind why he does really creepy, possessive things, <laughs> but it's it's weird to read it from the other side, but I am a bit of a romantic. So it's just like you're reading mm. him fall in love with her and stuff like that. But at the moment, Izzy actually did something really cute for me last Thursday or Friday. She sent me a little package to my door and it was a massage voucher and a new book called Untamed. I think it's... Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle. So it was kind of just like, you need to start loving yourself more and you need to, like, you know, let go of other people having control of your life and stuff like that. So she sent me the book, and I'm probably only about two chapters in, but I love it. I I think at the moment you can kind of see how it's not a self help book. It's just, she's pretty much saying, this is how I got out of my cage and I want other women to do the same so it's pretty interesting I think she was married for 15 years or something like that and then ended up realizing she was lesbian and I'm like go you hell yeah like
2: (laughs) but yeah no I'm loving it so far so there is a lot of love out there for that book I really need to go get it yeah because we have a book club and everyone in that group is going absolutely wild over how great Glennon Doyle is so I feel like I need to get on the bandwagon what were you like as a kid we ask every guest this because we think it says a lot about who they are now were you similar like was your
0: personality as an adult similar to what it was like when you were a child I as a kid was the biggest dork biggest dork like I my weekends were like sitting in front of the PS3 with dad so I <laughs> was because my parents were divorced Monday to Friday I was with mom and I was that little girly girl I was pretty much her sidekick and then weekends came around and it was fishing, camping, video games. And I'm like a baby giraffe. I have a constant battle with gravity. So <laughs> it was kind of interesting seeing that's kind of still followed through. But um, my personality is just like, I think like I have to admit, like I am a bit of a dork and I I, I am a sucker for like Disney and, and that kind of stuff. But it was interesting to see that actually come through at the beginning of the season. So I think... I am pretty much the person I was when I was younger. It's probably just a little bit more refined, (laughs) I'd (laughs) hope.
1: Less messy, less that. Did you watch much reality TV growing up or even in recent years? Like what was your exposure to reality TV and did you ever look at, you know, these shows and think, yeah, I could do that? No. Yeah,
0: I never really watched reality TV. I think it's actually funny because I'm now living with Beck. And she'll watch like random little reality TV shows like the American ones, like Sunset and other Keeping Up With The Kardashians and stuff. And I'm like, I never got into this stuff. Like, I don't know, honestly, and I've been saying this the last few months, I'm like, I don't watch reality TV, so I probably shouldn't have done one. (laughs) But I did watch like a couple seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like I watched Matt and Laura's season. I obviously watched the season that my ex was on (laughs) out of curiosity, and that's pretty much it. I haven't really watched anything else. So if you haven't been
2: watching reality TV and you don't really have a background of watching reality TV, what drew you to apply to The
0: Bachelor? So I think that's a thing. I have had a lot of friends who have done it in the past. And in particular, a few of those friends have genuinely found love and now they're engaged and having babies. And I think... I remember speaking to them and they were like, mate, you would be great for The Bachelor because you just love all that soppy fairy lights and love and all of that kind of stuff. And they also said they're like, you know, you know how to string a sentence together. Like, you know how you're very self-aware of your emotions. So I feel like you'd be great for it. But even so, I was like, oh, like, I don't know if I'd do it because you are just opening yourself up to literally a whole wide world of people having opinions on you and what if you get persuaded the wrong way or portrayed the wrong way and so at first I was like no and then it came along at a really good time and I was like you know what yeah I should why shouldn't I why shouldn't I have the opportunity of potentially finding someone that I could fall in love with but I was very skeptical so it was kind of nice when Lockie and I just connected from the get-go
1: I want to quickly unpack something that you touched on before, before we actually jump into the experience on the show. But you did say that you were watching your ex back on TV. And I'd actually forgotten this fact that you dated Sam Johnston from Georgia Love Season. That's right. Yes. Well, we were actually together when it was on TV. So
0: once, yeah, so we kind of like reconnected after he came out. It was actually kind of cute. Well, I say cute, but it's like, hell, it was cute. He came out of a dating show and came and surprised me at home. (laughs) But (laughs) it's very twisted. (laughs) But no, we were we kind of rekindled after he finished filming. So when I was watching it back, I was watching it back with his sister actually. And it was just kind of weird because he was exactly the person on the TV as he is in real life. And he's just, you know, quick with his words. He is a sweetheart, but I think I was more so just intrigued to see how he was gonna come across On screen. Um, But pretty much as soon as he got booted, I didn't watch the rest.
2: So So your friends with Laura Byrne, I'm guessing that's who you were touching on earlier when you said, I've had friends on this show who have gone on to become engaged and have babies like we know Maddie J and Laura have. They're like my favourite Bachelor couple (laughs) ever. But what about the other people in your life who perhaps were a little bit more hesitant about you going on this show? What was your family's reaction to your decision to apply or your best friend's reaction?
0: Yeah, so my mum was very, she was in two minds because ultimately she was like, Look, I trust your judgment. And if you think this is the right thing for you, then go for it, go for gold. But I think her other side of it was like, you know, wh- there are so many aspects that could go wrong. Like you could fall in love with the guy and get your heart broken, you could end up coming across a person that you aren't at all. You could go in there and then you, you know, you come home after a week and then you're pretty much, you're in silence for what is it like four months after that. So she was like, there is a lot that you're going to put on hold for, you know, the one chance that you might fall in love. So she was a little bit hesitant, but I don't know. I just felt that, you know, when you just get like an instinct, like your intuition or I just had a weird feeling. I was like, no, I just feel like, I don't feel like it's going to go terribly. I feel like this is something that I need to do right now. And if it goes wrong, then I'm a big girl. I'll, you know, take care of myself. But yeah, I'm so grateful that I did it ultimately, like regardless of what's happened now.
1: What surprised you when you rocked up on that first kind of cocktail party for the premiere episode? What surprised you about the filming process and how everything worked? Because it's like an incredibly intriguing process from the outside, or it seems to be.
0: Yeah, I actually really struggled in the beginning. And I still remember one of the producers kind of coming and sitting down with me and he was like, you okay? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no, I I was just having, I was still adjusting to the fact that wherever you look, there was a camera or whatever conversation you're having, you kind of have to be aware of what you're talking about. And then I'd worry if I said something wrong or I, I was just, I was getting in my head because I am a massive overthinker. So I (laughs) was just, I couldn't grasp the whole concept of like, okay, this is constantly filming. And like, what if I sneeze or I say the wrong word and that's what they put in there. Even though I knew that wouldn't happen, I was just like, I don't know, it was just freaking me out. So I I was pretty shocked with that. I didn't expect there to be little breaks and stuff. I kind of just thought it was more so like Big Brother in the sense where they're constantly filming, whereas this is more mm. like a, okay, like we're going to have a break now so you guys can have some food and it's a little bit more... I guess personable, like they do take Mm. your well-being into consideration as well.
2: It's a bit like a social experiment in some ways, isn't it? Did you massively? So was it fear for you that the social experiment would sometimes bring out a side of you that you didn't want to show to the country? Was it like that? Yeah, definitely. I
0: think the first part of filming, I was probably a little bit more reserved, and they did actually kept saying to me like, "Bells, you need to open up and you need to start being a little bit more." Like you know, you came in here saying you want to wear your heart on your sleeve and you keep protecting yourself, so. You know, they were kind of just saying, be a little bit more open, talk about your feelings. It's fine to be vulnerable. So I think second part of filming, when we came back into the mansion, I think I was just more comfortable at that point. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to not be upset because I'm genuinely scared that I'm going to lose this guy. So I think that's where different things came out on screen, second part through, but I don't know. I think it's just, it is, it's a massive learning curve. It's a huge learning curve, especially for yourself and the girls that you're meeting.
1: It's not unfortunately all about Lockie,
0: (laughs) Um, but it's, yeah, it's such a beautiful
1: experience. I think one of the most interesting parts about this time of the year is that we have the opportunity to look at reality shows that were filmed when coronavirus was starting to take hold of the world. And it is so weird to look back and kind of see these people like you guys ignorant of what going on. I want to know like how you would drip fed info about what was going on in the world. Were you aware of how intense it was getting? Well, at the beginning, I remember when Osha came and spoke to us and he was like,
0: look, there's a pandemic. I can't remember exactly what he said, but then our grocery shops wouldn't be coming. They'd be coming in like staggered and it'll be like seven things out of the you know 50 that we ordered and little things like that where it's like They'd, they'd be like, okay, so all of the toilet paper was out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here are some tissues. But it was just like we were experiencing it with everyone else. I think partly we were just like, because we were closed off from it, we were like, surely it's not that bad, but yeah, no, toilet paper was actually out. So <laughs> it was interesting to see. I think it really kicked in for us when it was that night when it was kind of like, okay, like we have to stop filming. And I'm pretty sure I or they obviously cut it out, but I looked at Osha and I was like, are you pulling my leg? <laughs> because I didn't believe it. I was just like, as if, as if like a virus has gotten that bad that it's taken over Australia and the world. So it was a pretty big shock, but yeah, ultimately I was like, all right, well, if this, if this is us going on halt, I remember thinking, does this mean, is this it? Do we get to talk to Loki again? Do we get to see our families? Are we staying here? Are we, you know, there were so many questions, but I think it's the best thing that happened for The Bachelor, to be honest. Ultimately for the world, it probably, there are so many different sides of it, but for what we experienced, it was kind of nice to bring the connection, like back down to normality. Cause You've never been able to do that in the Bachelor series before.
2: So on that day that they said, everyone go home, the pandemic's really taken a hit and we can't continue filming and keep you all safe. Did part of you truly think this is it, like we will not be coming back, this season will just be cancelled?
0: Part of me was like, I think the main part was kind of just like, wanted to know if my family was okay and then the second part was does this mean I never get to talk to Lockie again? Because at that point I did actually, I was starting to crush on him. I'd had my single date. We'd pretty much spoken at every cocktail party. So I was kind of crushing on him and I was like, crap, Like I can actually see myself dating this guy at that point. So I was kind of curious to see if I was going to be able to talk to him or not. And I actually remember being told that we weren't sure if we were going to speak to him because they didn't know if it was going to be a couple of weeks or a month or two months. So they were kind of just like, I think they were like, let's set their expectations low and then we'll jump back in and and tell them what's really going to happen. So I was Mm. petrified.
1: So what do they say? Do do you, after a little bit, say, all right, you all can exchange numbers? Like, at what point were you told, yeah, you're allowed to speak to him? And also, what's stopping you from actually contacting him anyway?
0: Yeah. So I think that was one of the things that I actually remember talking to the girls about because they were like, oh, but what if someone messages him on Instagram? And it's like, well, if. Someone's gonna go and do that. Then let them. You know what I mean? Like I think ultimately you kind of have to have a little bit of faith in the in the production as well. Because if they're saying don't talk to him, they're saying don't talk to him for a reason. So it was about three days after lockdown. So after we came out, we got home about two day, two or three days later. I remember getting a call, being like, "Hey, Lockie's gonna give you a call. You'll be able to chat. I think it was like one FaceTime a week and." two days that you could text or something like that. That went out. Yeah. Lockie ended up (laughs) calling me. (laughs) He called me that, that morning. Cause I remember my producer being like, okay, so I'm going to send Lockie your number now. He'll probably call you in a couple hours. So I was like, shit. I like got in the shower, washed my hair. I don't even know why, because it was supposed (laughs) to just be his voice. And my mom's like, what's going on? I was like, Lockie might call me and just in case he FaceTimes me and I'd been sitting in bed for like four days and then I'm in the shower and my phone starts calling and I just had a feeling it was him and I like raced out towel wet and answered the phone like really cool calm, and collected and I was like hello (laughs) 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 and he was like bells and I was like oh god (laughs) and then we spoke for like five hours that day and it was just like we just ended up continuing to chat after that it was like calls texts the schedule just kind of went out the window. So it was cute, but it was it was nice because that's what a relationship is now. You know, you text, you call, you FaceTime, you suss each other out on Instagram. Like it's a part of a normal relationship.
2: What was that lockdown period like for you? I can imagine being taken out of the mansion and kind of plonked back into your homes with your family and stuff. The mind would sometimes race when you're not seeing what his communication is like with everyone yep. else. I am an overthinker like you, Bella, and I would sometimes assume the worst being like, he's talking to other women in a way that would make me feel uncomfortable and that their bond is becoming stronger than ours. Did that happen for you where you found yourself kind of catastrophizing in your head what was going on that you couldn't see?
0: Yeah, I think, look, it's different because, I mean, even in the mansion, you're kind of like when people are like, oh, do you care that he's going to talk to another girl or kiss someone else and you're like yeah but I got myself into the situation so you kind of have to be like you have to be logical about it to some degree where I'm like okay look at least in this situation I know he's texting nine other girls whereas normally you're always questioning if the guy that you're talking to is texting someone else or (laughs) I, I wonder if he's slid into anyone's dms but this time you're like okay no I'm aware of it there's only nine other women (laughs) so yeah it's kind of weird I mean I knew that I knew we did talk a lot I knew that he talked to Irina a lot I remember talking to Nicole and she was like he doesn't really reply to my texts, and part of me is pulling back because he's not talking to me but then you know it's hard because then you don't want to say oh, well, I've spoken to him every day. So it was hard because, and even I remember Nicole being like to me, she was like, I always knew like, because you'd bite your tongue whenever we were talking about like how much we'd spoken to him. So I'd be like, she's like, you know, he hasn't replied to me. And I'd be like, oh, you know, he hasn't spoken to me either. And then I'd be like, why did I just lie? But I didn't want to make her feel shit. And it's like having your best mate ask you for guy advice, but you don't want to be like, Well, my love life is great at the moment. so (laughs) It's really conflicting, but it's just like I did, I kept to myself a lot of the time. And I think, I think that's why I'd get upset when, you know, if like someone was oversharing or anything, I'd just be like, just keep it to yourself. Like you don't need to, you don't need to do that. It did mess with me. There were definitely some nights where I was like, I don't know if I should go back, but I'm definitely glad I went back. It's kind of hard when I look back because although it was the best part that happened for The Bachelor, because if I hadn't had those three months out of filming, I don't think I actually would have fallen in love with him because it takes me a while to actually fall for someone. But we'd be on FaceTime while he'd be out on a bike ride and I'd be out doing my grocery shopping and it felt normal. So I genuinely felt like I was in a relationship with him when I went back in. I, I even said to my mum last week on Friday night when I was watching it with mom or Thursday night, sorry. And I had, like, a couple of the Channel 10 publicists with me and I was like, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. And then we started watching it and I was like, I just thought he loved me. Mm. <laughs> and then mum's like, no, it's okay. Like, because at the end of the day, like, he's not, you're human. And, like, if you didn't, if you genuinely hadn't have fallen in love with him, you wouldn't have learned the lessons, you wouldn't have known now, like, you wouldn't know now what you do want and don't want in a man because... At the end of the day like if there's one thing I'm like I want someone who knows they want me that for me like I don't want someone who's gonna like question up until the end if they love me so I think there is part of me that's like bloody hell like I wish I didn't actually fall in love with him but then the other part is like well you know what you wouldn't be where you are if you didn't genuinely fall in love with him. oh what a journey what a journey <laughs> <laughs>
1: Coming up after the break, Bella tells us exactly what went down in the days surrounding the shambolic Bachelor finale. But first, a word from today's sponsor. I probably can't fathom how hard it must be to stay really good friends with people when you're falling in love with the same person. And I think what a lot of the audience was confused by was how the show portrayed your friendship with Irina as over, I think, as someone watching on, that you felt like, I think, there was a lot we weren't told because it just sort of fell apart very Mm -hmm. quickly. Watching it back yourself, what do you think we weren't told about how that relationship fell apart? Oh, so many things. But I think ultimately, like, we'd
0: gone back in and it all kind of just came to a head. And the thing is, some people can be really nasty online. And I think when I'm getting messages and some of them are being like, oh, like you can't blame the edit. Those things came out of your mouth. And it's like, well, no, what you're not seeing is the questions that I was asked to give those answers, but they're cutting out the questions to make it look like I'm just saying those things on my own accord. Or, you know, you're cutting out the taunts or the probing and the emotional reactions from other people as well. So you're not seeing the whole story. You're seeing about 5% of what happened in that moment. And I'm not someone who pops off at all. Like that for me, I was just, I was sitting there and I was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. What actually happened in that moment was Irina had started saying like, no, uh, I can't actually remember exactly what happened, but I was confronting her about some things I had heard that Izzy and Steph had told me. And she was denying them. And then Steph and Izzy actually overheard her denying and came and sat down and they were kind of like hang on a second. Let's just rehash because now you're going to make Bella question our integrity when, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it just got to a point where I was just sitting there and I was like, this isn't what I'm here for. Like, I'm not here to sit here and rehash. She said, she said, like, I was like, I just don't care. And I'm sitting there. I could feel the, like the smoke bubbling And then Irina was like, well, is this it? Like, is friendship over? And I was like, all right, you know what? Fine. (laughs) This is it. And that's kind of when I just got up and (laughs) walked away. Like, I even remember thinking about it in that moment. I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But I, I don't know. Like, I am a passionate person. And I think in that moment, I was just like, you know what? I'm done. Like, get me away from this situation. And I just kind of got up, walked away. That was it. And that's kind of where it all came to a head. So, There is a lot of like nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff that no one saw. But at the end of the day, I think it was just two women who were really in love with a man. And he was not meaning to, but he was pulling on little things and traumas that had happened in each of our pasts, which were probably affecting both of us differently. But I think in that moment, it was kind of just like we'd come back into the house, we were in love, he was giving us both reassurance. Irina probably came in thinking, Yep, okay, it's the home run. That's the same way I felt with Lockie. And it was just more so a moment where it was just like our emotions got the best of us. And I think, I mean, ultimately, they're not going to make the person that he's ended up with look bad. So I guess I kind of had to cop the brunt of that. But I mean, I'm really grateful for the girls that have come out and I wasn't expecting that at all. Part of me was just like, let them think what they want. Like, I know my truth, but Izzy and Steph were like, no, we're not, we're not letting this happen. So it was really sweet that they did that.
2: And as we said, like women competing with each other or women being pitted against each other is something we see time and time again. And when you're in a social experiment, it can be quite hard to like be the bigger person, particularly when so much emotion is involved, right? Like Zara said at the beginning, you're both falling in (laughs) love with the same person. I don't know how many people just be able to overcome that or kind of look past all the little things that have happened along the way to make that relationship feel really tense.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is as well, like, I mean, it's funny because you see those really intense moments on screen, but what you don't see is us making family dinners and sitting around the fire and Puzzles and like just chilling by the pool, and like even I remember when Izzy got her date and she was like getting ready to leave the house and blah blah blah, and just before she went out, and I was like, Don't forget to give him a patch. And then you're like, Why did I just say that? <laughs> because <laughs> I'm dating the same guy, but it's like you put out of your mind that it's the same guy, and you're so excited for one of your best mates to go on a date and finally patch the guy that she's been talking to for ages, and yeah, it is such a weird thing to go through when especially for me, one of my like not I wouldn't say it's a trigger, but in my past relationships, I am that girl that is like, I'm left for the other girl that ends up coming in at the right time, if you want to call it that. So I think for me, I was like, this is a pretty bloody stupid show to go on. <laughs> um so I was like, yeah, Bella, just put yourself through your paces. Good on you. But Izzy and Beck, like they just they deserve to find love just as much as I do. So if it's not going to be me at the end with Lockie, at least I know that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be happy for one of my girlfriends to be with them. And mm-hmm. even with, like, Irina, like, yes, we had a falling out, but she deserves to be in love just as much as I do. So I do wish them the best. But,
1: yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do this? I love I love how <laughs> actually contestants do look back on it once they try to explain it and they're like using your words to explain the thing that yeah. you did. You realise how odd it must sound to other people, but for you guys it's so normal. I do yeah. want to talk to you about the day before the finale where you and Lockie had this beautiful date and he told you via sh- Sharpie on his arm that he loved you. Were you expecting that? <laughs> Not At all. And I remember reading it out on his arm.
0: And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, he's telling me he loves me. It was almost like my protective barrier went up because it was like I got really happy and excited. And I was like, oh my God, like this is actually it. I'm finally getting my happily ever after. And oh my God, like he actually loves me back. And then I kind of, probably a couple minutes later, there was this weird feeling that was like, that's not supposed to happen that's supposed to happen at the end. So part of me was like, has Irina left? Or has he told her he loves her too? Like I just had like a weird gut instinct. And my producer was like, Bells, I think you're just scared because you've been hurt in the past. And maybe you're just not believing the fact that he actually loves you. Because he, she was like, why would he be saying that to you if he wasn't going to pick you at the end? Because she didn't know that he had said it to Irina. I don't know. It was a womanly instinct, I think. I just... I knew something wasn't right and I spent that whole night tossing and turning because I was like, don't get in your head, don't overthink. And then I'm like, let me just overthink the fact that I'm not overthinking it. (laughs) (laughs) But then I was just like, it's gonna be fine. He's told you he loves you. We like we even had like one of those moments in the pool after where we were leaving and I remember getting out and I was like, I'm scared. And he was like, Don't be. He was like, I love you. Go go to bed, sleep well, I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, Okay, so we must be sweet then. And then it happened. And I was just like, Yeah. So it's there's little things like that where people are like, Oh, I've been getting messages being like, Well, you're just an immature child who couldn't give him your next five years. And I was like, What? Like, no. Lockie and I spoke about that literally. It we spoke about our future at least it came up in every conversation we had during lockdown because we were talking about he was going to stay in Sydney until like March. And we both didn't want to have kids for a couple of years. We just wanted to travel and just start building a life together within a relationship. So when he started asking me about it in the pool, I was like, we've spoken about this. Like, you know that I don't care if we're sitting in a tent in Uluru or if we're Sitting at my house in Sydney or your house in Perth, as long as we're together for me, that's all that matters because I'm that kind of person that's like, could be out at a restaurant or could be sitting on my floor with Uber Eats with the person that I love. And I really couldn't give a shit. So I think when he tried to use that excuse at the end, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no,
2: no, no. It was really hard to watch. I actually want to know on this thread, from Zara and my perspective while we were watching, particularly that scene with you both in the pool where he's like kind of drilling you with questions about the future, did you ever feel like he had this standard that you should fit into his vision of his life because to us it didn't seem like it was always a collaborative effort with my partner the conversation is where do we see ourselves in five years like what holiday do we want to go on with Lockie from what we saw on television it was I'm going on this holiday are you going to be the right
0: kind of girlfriend on the holiday of I've already pre-planned in my head I am pretty passionate and I'm pretty driven and I like to have my own and I like to and I remember actually saying to him in the pool I was like you want to go on a holiday fine but you better include me on that and like have like put some of my wants and needs in there as well. You know what I mean? So it's like I mm-hmm. did kind of throw it back at him whenever he was like, oh, like I'm not a planner, so like I want to know what what you want to do and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, let's see what happens after this first. Like, as in pick me, and then we'll talk about our future. I remember him turning around and being like, Oh, well, I've already planned our next three months. And I was like, But didn't you just say you weren't a planner because now you're contradicting yourself and I'm sitting here and I was like I'm not the kind of person that's going to be in this ball and telling you what you want to hear I'm going to tell you what I feel and if that's not good enough then like what well, I can't really you know, I'm not going to sell myself into being in a relationship with you so like I even remember him being like you know what if I said let's pack up and move to your family's house in Greece next week and I was like can you give me like four weeks to like packed my life up and he was like no because I don't plan and I'm like but you just told me that you plan on extreme months I'm so confused that is- so I think like that's why looking back it isn't Lockie's world and I'm living in it it would be Bella and Lockie it's not just you want to go for a hike okay well I don't really feel like hiking today but why don't I pick you up at the end so
1: (laughs) that seems that seems fair and also sounds like my kind of hike you (laughs) want (laughs) to know when you were meeting Lockie at that end for that finale that really tough scene I can't imagine how it must have been to live it and then relive it again and you walk in and you see him crying did you know straight away like this is pretty odd setting
0: yeah the first thing that I remember thinking was like what like he looks really upset but that was before I even got to the actual podium because I could just see on his face I was like something's not right and then when I got there and he started crying I hadn't even thought about the outcome at that point at that point it was like the man that I love is standing here bawling his eyes out I just need to console him and then figure it out after mm. that I think once he was crying and I was like wiping I think I was like wiping the tears of his face and I was like what's wrong and then he was like I just feel so bad and at that point I was like is he crying because he's upset that he's dumped Irina or is he crying because he's dumping me and then it hit me and I was like okay (laughs) this is really shit it was just one of those moments where I was like I just want to like retract into my body and not be in that moment I was just like I don't I I didn't want to be there anymore I think I was just upset as well because after all the reassurance that he'd given me and the things that he'd said and done and not only the day before but the three months during lockdown part of me was just like your integrity is shot to hell for me right now you're not someone I'd want to be with if you're gonna tell me that you're you love me and be like you're my best friend and you're not only my best friend but you're my future wifey and then dump me the next day that's not not on for me so I was pretty upset in that moment but as well. I just didn't want to give him that last little bit of vulnerability. So that's why I just didn't cry in that moment. I think that's at the end where I was like, can I leave? It's because I was like, don't you dare cry right now. You leave and you do it in that limo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I like left and there was so much adrenaline that it's almost hazy now. But Mm. I obviously still remember there was a few things that they did cut out. But I think ultimately I feel like part of me feels like I'm better off now. Now that I look back and I think it's hard because poor bloody Beck has had to deal with me being like, no, I'm fine. Like, I don't want to be with him anyway. And then two days later, I'll be sitting on the couch crying and she'll be like, you said and I'm like, I know I just miss him. (laughs) It's like a breakup. It goes through the phases and I'll like, I'll go through a hating phase and then I'll go through a missing phase. But I'm well and truly over all the phases now.
2: Did watching the television show back make you realise that he's actually not the man you want to be with? Like some of the behaviour that he showed or some of the ways he handled situations, did it make you realise he's actually not the guy for you at all? Definitely. Even
0: like, for example, that whole can I take you outside with the rose situation, that part for me, especially actually in person because after the rose ceremony had finished, I was really shocked because we had a really good chat that night because he was actually the one that was like tell me what happened with you and Irina because I want to know what's going on that's why I started my sentence with I don't really want to talk about it like the five minutes that I get with you but and that's kind of where I went on and obviously they cut out everything else that we spoke about but that night like he was talking to me about like my next single day and how strongly he's feeling for me and all of this stuff so in that moment when he took me outside I was so shocked and then row ceremony had finished and Easy turned to me and she was like, are you okay? And you know when one of your mates ask if you're okay, you're holding on by like a little thread. And I just started bawling my eyes out and then she like hugged me and then Lockie came over and grabbed me and took me outside and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't want you to feel like this, like all of this stuff. And then I remember sitting in bed with Beckler that night and I was like, I'm so confused because then why did he do that? and then follow up with, I'm sorry. Like I, I don't Mm. get it. And then when he said something about, I just saw another side of you that I didn't like, I was like, what an emotional side that every woman has. Not every single woman is constantly happy and giggly and is going to just not let anyone else get in the way because there's just, it's just not going to happen. It's, we have big hearts. And especially with me, I'm someone who, like i feel everything when I'm happy I'm over the moon when I'm sad I'm (laughs) shattered I think part of me was just watching that back on the tv and I was like mate like you can't do that like you can't get at a woman for having more than one emotion so there, there are moments like that where I look back and I'm like you know what yeah like he isn't my forever but when you're in that moment and you're feeling something that's so intense you think imagine this is exactly the reason why I was supposed to come on this show and meet him and find the person that I was supposed to be with. Imagine. But it didn't happen, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sure my human is out there somewhere. I'm just kind of happy doing me for a while.
2: Yeah. What is it like, Bella, being trolled online? Because something I've noticed is that I think everyone in the public eye cops it. Everyone gets really hard critique and feedback and criticism. However, The level of criticism that comes reality stars way is above and beyond any other group of people I've witnessed. For example, you referenced at the beginning of this episode, how we had left a comment on your post after the finale. So we wrote this comment being like, yes, Bella, like great walkout or something to that effect. I was shocked even to the replies that we got for leaving that comment from nasty people who would yeah. flock to your post. I cannot imagine being you and having to deal with those people all day, every day for the last two months. Yeah. For anyone wondering who's listening, can you explain what it's actually like being on The Bachelor and receiving the social media hate that so many of the contestants
0: receive? Yeah, I think people don't realise that when they're watching a TV show, it is literally 5% of what has actually happened. And they are editing it to make you feel a certain way. And it works. I mean, there's even moments where I've been watching and I'm like, why'd she do that? And I was like, wait, it's probably not how it happened. So when I get messages on Instagram, the things that they've seen, and I've had some, I think I had one that was pretty dark and it was like, basically you should go and kill yourself because you're the worst woman I've ever met in my life. And I was like, you've ever met? I've never met you. You've been watching me on a TV show. So how could you message me saying, go and kill yourself for the way that you treated someone on a TV show where you're not seeing the whole story. And I think it's funny how some of those people who have been nasty have turned around and messaged me again, being like, I love you now. And it's just so interesting how people can flip so quickly. I even struggled with this yesterday. I was like, people watch you and they build an opinion on you and then that's what sticks with them and then they feel as though they have a say and they have a right to have an opinion over your life and how you live it and i think part of me was just struggled with that in the beginning because when something like my emotions i feel like i'm pretty self-aware and i feel like i am someone who is pretty aware of her feelings and her emotions and the logic behind them So when someone's saying that I don't deserve to find love because of this or all of the little comments, you start to then question yourself and you start Mm. to look at them and you're like, shit, is it me? Is it something that I'm doing wrong? You do have to take it with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, I did get myself into this situation. I did go on a reality TV show where you're aware of that happening. But I think because I had so much love in the beginning and then it turned really abruptly, It was kind of hard to deal with because I was baffled at how nasty some people can be to people that they don't know.
1: I want to know how your mental health is then with all of this in mind, because we're talking about heartbreak. We're talking about public heartbreak. We're also talking about trolling. Like these are not light things at all. And I think as much as people kind of love The Bachelor for its lightness and its, you know, occasional joy and drama that it brings to our homes... There are real people that can deal with really serious stuff going through it. So how are you feeling about everything now?
0: I'm okay. I think, look, it has been a very long journey for me and there was a few weeks there that were pretty dark. But I think for me, it's probably what I've needed. I think in the past, pre-bachelor, I probably have let people's opinions of me get the best of me at times. And I think if anything, this has now taught me that you know what, people that don't even know you are going to have an opinion of you regardless of what you say or do. So for me, it's just kind of given me a bit more of the the awareness to be like, you know what, let people think what they're going to think. And when I'm seeing all these articles come out about people that I've apparently dated that I've literally never dated or, you know, things that I've said to girls in the house, which I literally never said. And it's like, you know what, I'm not going to let, something that had like literally has no truth to it affect me and my soul because at the end of the day I'm a little bit sensitive. So when something gets to me so quickly and so immensely, I just had to take a step back and just start focusing on things that I love doing like reading, like journaling, like spending time at the ocean and spending time with people that actually know me. And it's nice because the people that do make a difference are the people that don't know you. And will leave a really beautiful comment or a really beautiful message. And it is those people that do make a difference. And like even the I think your comment was something like Bella, can I leave now Varelis? And I was like, damn straight. (laughs) So it's just like (laughs) little moments like that where I'm like, yes, there's like five percent of people that are gonna hate me, but you can't there's no no opportunity of winning everyone over. And I think at the end of the day you just have to take the the good with the bad and what's love without pain anyway.
2: One of our final
0: questions, would you be bachelorette? I would love to be bachelorette. It would scare me though. Part of me would scare me because I know how hurt I was at the end and I wouldn't want to do that to someone else. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Imagine if you went and told two guys you love them. For the <laughs> yeah. I think I literally said this, I was like, you know what I won't be doing if I was a bachelorette? I would not be telling two guys that I love them. But the thing is, like, I think That is, it's a sure way of getting your love story. So, I think, I mean, I'd love to. It hasn't been offered to me, but I'm like, hey, guys, I'm interested. (laughs) Just (laughs) Um, putting it in, just putting it out there, leaving seeds. (laughs) Uh, No, like, it's on my radar. So, Yeah,
1: we'll see what happens for next year, maybe. Yeah, we'll push it out though. We'll campaign (laughs) through our channel (laughs) too. Tell us what is next for you? I mean, I can't imagine how hectic the last few months have been. What's on the horizon for you? What do you want most out of the next few months? Is it to just chill out and hide for a while?
0: Yeah. So I actually, I'm really keen to get back to work. So I haven't been able to work since the beginning of the year. So I've kind of have both sides of me. So I do my digital marketing, but I also freelance create on Instagram as well. And I've been dying to get back to that because there is just something that's so riveting about like seeing a mood board and creating something for a client. And I love that. So I am just keen to get back to work and I'm kind of keen to have some normality back and just be able to go to a coffee store with a mate or go to lunch with a mate and not be like Bella's dating Jad from Gogglebox and it's like I don't cake. <laughs> <you're gonna> <laughs> like I literally went and bought a cake guys <laughs> so I think that for me is just like I'm just keen to like get back to life I think it's it's almost summer and I'm excited I'm very excited for the future I do have a few things that will be like happening in the pipeline and I'm hopefully going to get back onto writing and stuff like that. So I'm keen to start my life again, I guess.
2: We finish every interview with the same question and that is, what is success to you? I'm very interested to hear your answer because I think you've probably found yourself a lot in 2020 and it's been a big year of like personal growth and discovery. So now with all of this in mind and with the experience you've just gone through, how do
0: you define success? I think for me, success would be on that, that feeling of like empowerment that you get inside when you just, you're waking up every day and you just kind of like, I have, I have control over my life. I wake up, I'm happy, I'm healthy. I love what I do for work. I love my friends. And that for me ultimately is success. I think for me, success is feeling empowered within yourself and just realizing that you are in control of your emotions and you are in control of your life. And I think if i want to be happy then the only way to make that happen is to be in control of it and get back on my horse so (laughs) yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty successful at the moment because like i'm so grateful for the girls that i've met and for my family and even like the opportunity to come and do this podcast with you guys it's just little things like this where it's like you're meeting so many like-minded people
1: And it's riveting. I love it. It's it's such a good feeling. Well, we are so stoked that you came on. I can't imagine how insane and chaotic the last few weeks and months have been for you. But we so appreciate you coming on here and can't bloody wait to see where you end up next. We'll start (laughs) the campaign for Bachelorette twenty twenty one from here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. But no, thank you for being so lovely and for having my back as well like I really appreciate
1: that anytime thank you so much Bella thank you so much for listening to this in conversation episode of shameless with Bella Varellis for more from Bella you can follow her on Instagram at Bella Varellis if you enjoyed this episode may we also recommend you listen to our in conversation chats with Bella Bachelor alumni, Alicia Aitken-Radburn and Brooke Blurton. I will pop the links to both of those chats in our show notes. As for us, well, if this is your first time listening to Shameless, we are an independent pop culture podcast. We put out episodes every Monday and Thursday and have a monthly book club episode too. If you'd like to keep up to date with us, please kick the follow button on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at shamelesspodcast. Thank you so much, guys. As always, we'll be back in your ears on Monday.
2: Oh, hi. It's Annabelle Lee and Louis Hansen here. We are your hosts of Everybody Has a Secret. Woo! Woo! We are here essentially just to let you know that we drop episodes every week. Now, every damn Friday morning, we are in your ears. That is so exciting. What a time to be in your ear holes. So essentially, each episode, we unpack the real life secrets of our listeners. So this is for everyone who loves, you know, just a little bit of gossip in -hmm. their lives, which, let's be real, Annabelle, is all of us. It's absolutely all of us. Don't lie. You all love gossip. So if you want to listen to to our show, please do head to your favourite podcast app and listen now. See you there! Bye!